Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, I'm Michael Corelli from Jurassic Yearbook, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey kids, this is Ian from Theme Park Stop. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Enjoy. Be nice to date. It's awesome. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge. Here are your hosts, David Cantu and Jenna Gazelle. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Good. How about you, Dave? Doing good, doing good. Happy July 16th. Wow. It's already July. It's summer. Holy it's really, cow. It's really moving fast, isn't it? Yeah. That's kind of scary to think about. Like, we're halfway through the year, over halfway through the year, and it's going to be the holidays before you know it. You know, they say that once the 4th of July has passed, pretty much summer is coming close to an end. Aww. I don't like thinking about that. But you I- know what? But for the coaster community, coaster season continues because... Not not also when summer ends, then fall comes, and that's when all the even more exciting <gasps> stuff comes at the theme parks. Yay! That's when we get to do the special stuff. Yeah, and we got Halloween gonna be coming Ooh, up this fall. I like Halloween. Then we got <laughs> Christmas events. I mean, this is gonna be a pretty exciting. I would say this will be a very exciting fall season because really, last year we didn't, we didn't have Sucked. any of that stuff. There were no Halloween events at the theme parks. There, or some, some, and some, some parks in the country had it but not in california yeah i mean trick-or-treating for the whole for halloween just kind of sucked i mean there was really no trick-or-treaters not at all i mean it was like everyone really just stayed home so i i think this is gonna be we're just getting started even though summer may be halfway done but we're just getting started that means schools are going to be going back to back in session too not too far i mean we're already toward the middle of july here and uh yeah but i'm just saying is i think that we what we start off with a very very busy productive summer but i have a funny feeling this is just going to keep it's going to keep on going because we're going to have a very busy fall season, especially right here on this podcast. Yes, very much so. But we got a really, really special episode today. This is a, this is going to be a very heartfelt episode because this is an episode that I'm actually going to be doing a one-on-one interview with a special guest named Tanner. Tanner and I share something very, very in common here. And actually, he is the first guest that we have on this podcast that him and I share something deeply in common common and we both have Tourette syndrome and it's really close to home with you I mean even growing kind of growing up with you you know not understanding everything about what goes on I know we have another mutual friend that has the same same thing I don't want to say it's a disability because that's just labeling another thing but yeah I mean yeah and uh so yes our our correspondence team uh took the time off on this one because this was a an episode that I felt that this was something that I want personal this is a personal interview between me and Tanner it's a very heartfelt one I'm very excited about it I can't wait for all you guys to listen to this one it's a very incredible story but first we are going to do our lovely segment Jenna we are going to do our YouTube highlight clip clip of the the week. week YouTube clip of the week 
Alright, so this week's YouTube highlight clip of the week is something very interesting. It's something I've never ever seen a ride operator do on a roller coaster. I don't think... Okay, keep in mind the roller coaster isn't like a real big one. It's a kiddie coaster. But still, I don't think I've ever seen a ride operator have to do what he did. I hope yeah. they really gave him um, pay for right. that manual labor. Alright, so this particular coaster doesn't really have a name and it's not at a it's not at a Cedar Fair or Six Flags Park here. Actually, this looks like something that's at a Family Fun Center. If I had to describe this type of coaster, I would say it's like Wilderness Run in Cedar Fair Parks at Carowinds, Cedar Point, like the Great Pumpkin Coaster over at Kings Island. Knott's Berry Farm has this Wilderness Run type of ride. It's basically, if you're a coaster enthusiast, you know where I'm going with this. It's basically one of those little kitty rides. This one, actually, the train looks like a dragon. And uh, what's interesting is apparently this coaster had a malfunction of some sort of some sort because normally the coasters they run like without any help yeah without any assistance they they have the the chain lift hill and all that stuff well this particular coaster i guess broke down and the ride operator instead of evacuating all the the people off the train he decided he's gonna manually push this train and (laughs) I will give him props for doing it. Uh, Talk about having muscle. He's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger at all in this video. but So he is on the back of this train, and he's literally pushing it up this little hill, and it keeps going back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden, he just did a big push, and all of a sudden, he got got up over that little 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 dip. And all of a sudden, the coaster just started going around and around until it started slowing down, and then he went and gave it another push. And then it was right back into the station. <laughs> I I mean, I kind of feel for the guy. It, I mean, hey, he that was, has got to be heavy. He was trying to make sure these kids had a good time. Yeah, exactly. But it's talk about going above and beyond here. I mean, yeah, I mean, these are this is well, a little I mean, kitty ride. He's pushing it, but it's not just kids. It's like the kid, some kids with their parents. So, yeah. you know, that extra weight yeah. has got to be heavy. Yeah, probably. So I, I have to commend this guy. I would say it would be kind of a safety issue because what if that train went backwards and hit him? But it's a real, you know, risky move he did. Yeah, I mean, because when you look at the clip, he has, there's like a a cable that connects to the center and sometimes it kind of looks like it almost hits him yeah and you're kind of like whoa did that just hit him and then he goes right on to pushing it again yeah so i'll have to commend him for trying to keep the kids entertained but uh yeah this was a very interesting clip and if you guys like to check it out it's called roller coaster fail on youtube but uh anyway yeah this was a very something i've never seen at a park in all the years i've been going on or carnival coaster. i've yeah. never seen anything like that at a carnival usually yeah. they just shut it down make everybody evacuate the ride and the ride's just closed yeah so but yeah this was just something very rare that i've never seen before but if you guys want to check it out yep check it out on youtube but this was a pretty good youtube highlight clip Clip of of the the week week. youtube clip of the week so david standing by with tanner for the interview so go ahead and take it away david all right so we got a very special episode today i've got a really special guest on and him and i share something very unique and we'll get into that a little later but right now i want to introduce tanner hi tanner welcome to the podcast thank you for having me i'm very excited to be on you well it's very exciting to have you on because 
uh, like you and I talked off the air, that you and I share something very unique in the Costa community. And you're the first person that I've ever met that has something that I have. And we will go into that a little later. But it was a really honor because uh, just for our listeners to know that you and I met for the first time, I think it was 2019, we met at Kings Island. And you and I just happened to be standing in line for the beast at night for a night ride. And it yeah. was, I believe, was your first time as well riding the beast yeah. at night. It was mine as well. So you and I have a lot in common when it comes to that. So you and I got to be on the same train together, got to meet your family and you have a wonderful, uh, your family is just wonderful. And I'll never forget that interaction you and I had. And like I told our listeners, we will discuss that in our second half of our interview. Let's talk, of, let's go down memory lane here because you love roller coasters. You've been yeah. riding roller, how long, how long you've been riding roller coasters? I've been riding roller coasters since I was little, but I really, really got into them about six, seven years ago, I would say. So now that we're talking about the roller coasters, let's go down memory lane a little bit here. So what was your very first roller coaster you ridden? My first, my first like, just roller coaster in general was Who and Hollow. It was a kiddie coaster at my home park, Six Flags Darien Lake. My first major coaster was um, actually Viper at Six Flags Darien Lake. It's an aerodynamics custom looper. It was, it was, my, it was my first major coaster I ever went on and... Oh, it's definitely exciting. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. really cool. So let's talk about let's talk about Viper there because that was your first big coaster that yeah. you've written. So when you were getting ready to ride that for the very first time, how were you feeling when you were approaching the station? I was nervous, you know, never being on a big roller coaster. It's 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 always nervous, especially just especially going on your first one. It's I mean, it's it's just like anytime you do a first time of anything, you always get those nerves. But I think like. And then once you do it, then you kind of realize, wow, this is actually amazing. And that's kind of how it was. I got on it and I loved it. I said it was my first major coaster and I loved it. You know, it was those. So I ha- really- yeah, I haven't been out to Six Flags Darien Lake. I haven't been out there yet. I'm hoping to get out there sometime in the future. But tell me a little bit about Viper. I mean, it has I'm assuming that this was your first time going upside down. Yeah, I'm assuming it had a couple of inversions on that ride. Did it have like a, a barrel roll? Did it have a cobra roll? Um, I had I had one. What's it called? Regular just regular loop. It had a bat wing too, which was very cool. Not many arrows have that. It had a couple of corkscrews. I think it it had a. It might have had a barrel roll. I mean, it it, it was more of a. I don't know if it was a barrel roll. It's kind of like a half barrel roll, half corkscrew type thing. So it yeah. was. But well, it, it was, reminds, it sounds a lot like my home park ride Viper over at Six Flags Magic Mountain, because that's an arrow looping uh, right. coaster as well. So it sounds yes. like it sounds like a replica coaster. So so you, your first coaster, you literally got to experience almost every type of inversion for the first time all in one coaster. I've had a few guests on that have shared that story where they got to go upside down first time. They got to go through a cobra roll. They got to go through a barrel roll. So they got like one, two punch experience on, on everything that a coaster can offer. When you went, when you finished riding that for the very first time, how did you feel when you got off that coaster? I mean, it felt great. It was riding my first coaster. I wasn't necessarily like huge in the coasters back then the way I am now. Like I, I've always loved riding coasters. They're, they're always just fun. Just, I mean, doing doing anything that I think you're kind of nervous or feared of. It always made, when you get off, it almost feels a sense of accomplishment. Like, oh, I did it. And it's, yeah. so it was definitely very fun, very, very swimming. That is awesome. And were you ready to ride the next big thing after you got off that coaster? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was hustling all around the park, trying to get on everything. (laughs) 
So I guess, um, did writing Viper for the first time and after you got off, did it make an impact on your on your life after writing that coaster? I want to say that coaster in specific, in specific. I think the coaster that way make an impact. I think the coaster way made an impact on my life is actually the coaster that's in the same park by the steel. And I assume we get to that later. But I want to say what made an impact. It was just more just fun. It was just more kind of just a fun thing. Did it? Uh, what coaster would you say that really made you? Would it be right at steel? Was it that? Was it the one coaster that made you completely fearless overall? I think it was definitely right at steel. Um, it wasn't. It's an intimate um type of coaster. I was always. I mean, my family would always go on it. I've always. I always sat back with my dad, who doesn't really like roller coasters. He doesn't like big roller coasters. Doesn't like drops. So I always sat back with my dad and my parents. And my mom finally convinced me to get out, get on it, and so did the ride operator because as they could ride operator at the front of the line. So he convinced yeah. me to get on it, and it was actually really fun. And I was thinking to myself, wow, I completed this, and then I could just, and I completed this, and then I just want anything. You know, wow. it was, I completed the first, I completed really the first, I completed something I was terrified of. So I feel like if I can do that, I can do anything. Nice. Yeah, that's how I felt after I rode the accelerator over at Knott's Berry Farm. That was my first extreme launch coaster. I mean, my first launch coaster was California Screaming over at Disney's California Adventure. But accelerator turned me into an enthusiast and it really turned me like a fearless person. But even when I went on Top Thrill Dragster, that would be the fastest coaster I've been on so far to date. I have not been on King Daka yet, which, like I said, I haven't been up in the Northeast, up in the New Jersey, New York, Air, Pennsylvania area yet. And I plan to get up there because there's a lot of great coasters up in that area where you're at. So I'm, like I said, uh, hyper coasters for me. I mean, I've written quite a few around the country. I will say my most favorite hyper coaster is Mako over at SeaWorld Orlando. Yeah. Um, that is like, the best hypercoaster I've ever experienced. I plan when I go back to Florida this October, I plan to marathon Mako as much as I can as I while I'm there. And uh, but yeah, now that we know what coaster has made an impact in your life and it's made you pretty fearless and you're you've just been hooked, you've become a coaster. Would you say that Ride of Steel made you a coaster enthusiast? Yeah. I think I think that helped now. So we went to Cedar Point later that summer. And that Cedar Point really got me into it. Especially when finally going to Cedar Point. I've always I've always knew about Cedar Point, but when I finally going to Cedar Point, I really started getting in coasters and and Cedar Point to this day is still, in my opinion, the best park in the world. I mean, it's the coaster map that it has is unmatched. Maybe besides Six Times Magic Mountain, but I think Cedar Cedar Point is just so much diversity and so much I mean it's it's quantity and quality. Like it has a lot, but also the um, really most of them all, all the vibes are maybe a couple are like really really good vibes yeah that's the one thing i love about cedar point and that's where i'm torn because i'm from the west coast i'm from cal southern california and magic mountain is my home park and i love six flags magic mountain but i also dearly love cedar point see like you said cedar point's got a variety of things for all ages to do it's not just about the roller coasters at cedar point they've right. got all kinds of attractions they even got the beach They've got, you know, docks for boating. I mean, there's a lot of amazing things to do at Cedar Point and it's good for everybody. And there's camping there. I mean, hotels are on the property. I mean, it's just a really well laid out uh, resort amusement park. And I just, uh, I love, I try to go to Cedar Point every year because it's one of my most favorite places to go. And I just love Castile Vengeance right now is my number one 
coaster yeah. overall. And I don't know if that's going to hold number one for me once I get on Velocicoaster or Iron Gwazi. <laughs> Those are going to be, that's going to be this year pending to see if that's going to top Steel Vengeance right. for me. But right. Steel Vengeance will always be number one for me right now. But we'll see if that changes um, as I ride more and more coasters around the country. Now that we know pretty much what has turned you into enthusiasts, how many how many roller coasters have you ridden? Um, I think off the top, I think if I'm on correctly, I think I've been seventy-seven. Okay. So I mean, it's not a lot, but I think I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm continuing to go up there under that. Like four years, I've been to Cedar Point, um, Kings Island, Canada's Wonderland, Carowinds, Six Days Great Adventure, Bush Gardens. So I've been to all these parks, and I've told I've told myself once I'm in a couple of years, once I'm able to drive, I'm planning going to big. I'm going like a big cross country amusement park trip. I'm, I'm always saving up, but yeah. I really wanna. I really want to get in. I really want to get well, in like how, the mid the mid hundreds. How old are you now, Tanner? I'm 15. So 15. Okay. Yeah. I I know I have a lot of coaster enthusiast friends, uh, a lot of kids that are 15 years old now, and I've met them all when we were 12. So that when I met you the first time, you were 13. Yeah. 13. Wow. And time is flying here. I mean, the pandemic has really killed a year for us all here. And I will say, yeah. but at your age right now, 77 is a pretty good number. You've written quite a few coasters. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you've got, you got a full life ahead of you where you will be able to get to experience so many more coasters. And there are so many good ones out there that I can't wait for you to share when you get to ride more and more, I would love for you to share with me your experiences on them. So yeah. now that we know how many coasters you've written, so based on the coasters that you have written, what would be your favorite coaster? Steel Vengeance, I think. I mean, that is, I don't really anticipate anything topping that either. In the, and I mean, I think the only coasters I think that could possibly top that is maybe Iron Gwazi. I think Velociraptor can maybe. That looks awesome. And maybe a couple I'm forgetting, but I think, I mean, Steel Vengeance it is the best coaster, I think, in the world. I mean, the airtime, the elements, the inversions, the speed, the length, the um, how smooth it is, like I've, the height, the, everything is just perfect with it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the key thing with Steel Vengeance with me is how smooth the ride is, the airtime you get on it. The inversions yeah. are just fantastic. I mean, I've written quite a few RMC coasters, but Twisted Colossus was my first one over at Six Flags Magic Mountain. But when I got on Steel Vengeance, I was in love. I was like, oh my God, this, I was in shock on my first ride experience. I came off that ride with this look like I just, my mouth was dropped to the floor. Like, what did I just experience here? But I marathoned Steel Vengeance as much as I could on back in 2018. And that's why I put it on my number one. But like I said, like you said, it's all on Iron Gwazi, Velocicoaster. I'm here in such a buzz on Velocicoaster. A lot, um, one of my East Coast producers, he got to ride it and he just it made it his number one. We'll see. I mean, we'll find out when you, and you know what, when you get down to Florida again, Tanner, and you get to ride Iron Gwazi or Velocicoaster. Yeah. I definitely want you to reach back to me and tell me that has topped your number one. Right definitely. There. So. I, I mean, we, we usually, me and my family would take a Florida vacation every single spring break. So I just, and I know we want to go to Universal next year because we've been to Disney so many times, but yeah, I mean, I want to get to Universal. I think, I love Disney, but I think Universal, especially for me as a coaster enthusiast, loves thrills. I mean, it's it has a thrill factor that Disney doesn't. So I'm ex yeah. really excited to get down to Universal in the near future. Yeah, I think uh, Universal's got a future, man. They're investing. I mean, they're building a third park. You yeah. know, we're gonna, you're, we're both gonna be 
it's going to be exciting to, to experience that in the future. Yeah. Now that we know what your favorite coaster is, what is your least favorite coaster? I've been a lot of bad ones. I'll probably say Predator and my home park sisters doing things up there. It's a thing corporation winning coaster. Absolutely dreadful. I'm planning to get seed soon, but that's the hope. I need to become SOC Everton. Atrocious. Time Warp. Uh, Canada's Wonderland. Both Canada's Wonderland winning coasters are bad. Corkscrew at Cedar Point, I hate. So it's hard to come up with just one. I've been a lot of bad ones, but the time I had a pie go Predator. Well, some of the wooden ones you've mentioned, mentioned I haven't even written yet. So thank you for sharing with me on that because it'll give yeah. me something to be aware of when I go on that on, go on those coasters in the future. But I will agree with you on Corkscrew. Corkscrew is one of the oldest. I guess the funny thing about aero coasters, when they're new, they're great. Yeah. But when they, they don't age well. Right. And uh, Corkscrew, very shaky, headbanger, just like Viper at Magic Mountain. It's really shaky, rough, uh, headbanger on the yeah. barrel rolls. I always hit my my left jaw gets slammed every time on the over shoulder restraints. So yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's funny that you mentioned an arrow uh, corkscrew. That's, uh, uh, that seems to be on a lot of people's uh, least favorite coaster, but it looks beautiful in the park when you walk oh, no. through it. Yeah, that's, that is I think that's, yeah, I mean, I think that's one reason why Cedar Point keeps that coaster in place because the yeah. way it's located, it just, it's beautiful to walk through when you go through right. their park on that. All right. So now that we've gone through the first half of talking about your coaster experience, let's go through the second half because the one thing I want to share with our listeners here is when you and I met for the first time, you and I share something very in common and it really lit, lit me up and you and I just clicked instantly and your parents and my friends watched how you and I clicked and we were having this, we were speaking this language that nobody would understand, but only you and I can understand. And hopefully we can share some of that with our listeners today, because you're one of the first guests on my podcast where you share something that I, I've been struggling and been fighting with my whole life is that you and I have Tourette's syndrome. Yeah. And when you told me that you had Tourette's, you were the first one in the roller coaster community that I've met that has Tourette's. And I was really honored to meet you and share, be able to share, hear your story, to hear my, for you to hear mine. You and I were able to help each other, be able to cope through some of the struggles that you and I have had growing up with Tourette's. Yeah. And I would like to take this opportunity to have you share your stories, what you've been dealing with, with your Tourette's. How did it start? So I was, I don't I think I was diagnosed with Tourette's like right at birth or what come months after birth. Funny enough, I didn't, my Tourette's didn't actually start, like my tics didn't actually start till around I was 10 or 11. I never really had him as a child. So when I first caught him, I was, you know, I remember the first time I had, a, I made like a little squeak noise, almost like how a mouse would squeak. I'm, I'm making a little squeak noise. And, you know, obviously I ha having it for the first time, you know, it's weird. So I told my mom and that's when she told me that I was diagnosed with Tourette's and I've had many Tourette's. I've had, I've had physical Tourette's where they twitched and they got twitched my shoulders. I twitched my feet. I've had um, like verbal Tourette's where I've like squeaked. I've had times with Tourette's where like I've literally cursed out loud and I just couldn't stop it. 
it was definitely tough growing up. Most people don't understand it because not most people have it, especially nobody I knew had it. My friends were, I mean, my friends, like, they, they were definitely a little bit supportive. I mean, obviously, like, they still crack jokes. They still, like, made, like, jokes. But, you know, because obviously they're still kids, they're friends. So that's what you do. Um, There were there were times, though, where I think I wouldn't. I want to say if it was bullying, but there were times where people would kind of make fun of me for it. You know, there were times when there were times when people would kind of, like, almost mock it, sort of. And it's tough. Having any disabilities really tough. And... It's even harder when you really have nobody who you know who has it either, which makes it, you kind of feel alone because you, you don't really know who to go. To. Um, yes, I hear you on that. That's how I felt. And it's really interesting when you're, when you say when your Tourette started, because my Tourette started when I was nine years old or I was diagnosed with it at nine years old. I think I've had it, like you said, probably from birth, but it didn't really start showing up until when you get to nine or 10 years old, which is very interesting. You're, you're not alone on that one. It seems like uh, I've met a couple people in the past that I've met them on Facebook through the Tourette syndrome group, and they were kind of sharing their stories. And they said the same thing. It was always around nine or 10 years old when the Tourette start flaring up. And I had a lot of the similar tics, like you just described. I was constantly all head twitch, my shoulders would twitch. I didn't have the verbal, but I had the clearing of the throat. I kept clearing my throat when I was in fifth grade. I was blinking my eyes all the time. It was just nobody knew what, 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 what it was. And see, what's unique is that I, I was nine years old. It was like 1992. Right. Okay. So back in the early 90s, nobody knew what Tourette's was. Not even doctors. They had to take yeah. me to a specialist at Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. The specialist had to pull out a medical book because there was no internet back in early 90s. And right. when she discovered the symptoms that I had and told my parents that I had Tourette syndrome, there was no medication at the time. There was nothing that they didn't know how to treat it. And yeah. so they were, they were using me as a guinea pig to experiment different medications to see what it would does. And I had some medications that gave me even worse side effects when I was a kid. Yeah. But I agree with you when it came to bullying, I was so tortured when I was in elementary school. Not also, I would walk the halls in the school to go to class or be on the playground, but kids, every kid was making fun of me. They would even twitch my head and smile and start laughing. I think the saddest part was even teachers were making fun of me. Yeah. I had a I had a teacher constantly giving me detention because I couldn't stop clearing my throat. My mom was a fighting force. I mean, I mean, your parents must have gone through a lot as well to help yeah. you help you with your to deal with your Tourette's. I'm I mean, have your mom and dad had to really fight for you at school to educate teachers and administrators about your Tourette's to kind of explain to people what was going on? Um, yeah, when I first had Tourette's, my parents, they called the school, they kind of almost gave teachers like a head up, heads up, kind of explained my teachers like, hey, my son has Tourette's, kind of explained what it was. For me, I never got to the point where they, I never could, I never necessarily got like bullied. Like, I think, I said, there were times when people wouldn't make fun of me. And there were times when I did. There were times when I was sad. And, but I think, um, I never got to like bullying, but I think, but I think it was more of just my more of just my parents they were they tried to so i think they were almost trying to like they were trying to understand themselves almost which anytime you have a child who has a disability it's obviously always tough for a parent i would assume especially since i mean i don't think my parents never knew anybody who had to watch no in our family ever had to watch so 
it was kind of just completely uncharted territory for anybody. So yeah, it was and, tough. And I agree what you said during my childhood and it impacted my childhood because I was a very nervous person. Yeah. Uh, Tourette, you know, like I said, Tourette's is a neurological, for those that, are, that don't know, understand Tourette's, Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder to the brain. So what happens is our brain hiccups and it causes our body to twitch it, it our muscles, uh, different areas. Everybody's got different types of tics. That's what they call it. And like Tanner with the verbal, the squeaking and the head twitching and the foot twitching, I had the head twitching, the eye blinking and the clearing of the throat and the shoulder twitches. It's just the brain is hiccup, uh, it hiccups and it causes our muscles to reflex. And it's something that we can't control. What's tough about Tourette's and where Tanner, I agree with Tanner, where I felt deeply alone with it is that there's no cure for it. Yeah. There's treatments. There's plenty of treatments out there now, but there sure yeah. weren't any back when I was your age back in the early 90s. But it only suppresses the Tourette's. And to me, my family never believed that medicine is the key to always treating someone, just like people who have autism. Yeah. You know, there's there's medications out there, but my nephews have autism and they're on medication, but it, it kind of makes them like zombies. Yeah. It slows them down. It makes them tired. And my mom did not want that for me. So I struggled for years with my Tourette's and over time it got, it gets better. Tanner, when you get yeah. older, the Tourette's tend to suppress down a little, you'll still have Tourette's. You got to embrace it. I, I had to learn to embrace my Tourette's. What really helped me, and I hope it did the same for you, but when I started riding roller coasters back in 2015, and I started riding some of the craziest ones out, out in California, my doctor had noticed and my family noticed that I wasn't twitching as much. I wasn't blinking my eyes. I wasn't twitching my shoulders all the time. And it's because I was, I used to be so nervous. I was so afraid that I think that's what the Tourette's loves. It loves the fact you're afraid, the yeah. fear, fear, you know, Tourette's loves fear. So it gives you a reason, gives your body a reason to twitch of nervousness. I felt that when I started getting on roller coasters and I was facing my fears and I literally broke my fears, it turned me into a fearless person. Yeah. Heck, I mean, it turned me into such a fearless person. I'm pretty sure you saw what I did on Saturday for my birthday. Yeah. I jumped I off. I'm I jumped off the stratosphere. Yeah, I saw that in Las Vegas that. to yeah. kick off my 40th birthday. Yeah, not many people can do that. That's just I how. Can, yeah. And well, I recommend when you're ready to, when you really want to become really fearless, that is the ultimate fear factor right there, Tanner. Yeah. That will help you suppress. That helps suppress my Tourette's a lot. I recommend it when you're at the age right now where you can do it. If you guys, if you and your family ever go to Vegas, I'm telling you, take the challenge. And do it for your Tourette's, but make yeah. that jump. I guarantee you, you will be an even stronger person for doing it. Yeah. But riding roller coasters, it's really suppressed my Tourette's to the point where I feel like I don't even have it right now. I still twitch here and there, but not as often. And I think it's because the fear has been broken in me. So have you experienced that yourself since you've been riding roller coasters and facing your fears? Has your Tourette's yeah. really flare off, flare off as much like it used to? Yeah, I think when I first time they were bad. I mean, I couldn't go even like 10 seconds of twitching. But I think when I saw buying roller coasters, it really helped. I think when you saw when you start to do anything you love, either buying roller coasters, I also love sports. So even when I'm watching sports too, I mean, that it just it kind of puts you at ease because you you, you kind of just you're in your place, you're doing what you love, those you have no stress of the outside world or anything like that. And I think. I don't have many fears. I don't. I 
why the only fear I have is probably spiders, terrified of spiders. But I agree with you on that. I can't even go near a tarantula. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, anything with more than more than four legs and hairy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. Between Especially spiders and snakes. <laughs> oh oh yeah. man, that's uh, another thing you and I have in common. <laughs> Especially up in New York in the winter time, these spiders can get their big thing. Especially during the, up in New York in winter time, spiders you can see them a lot because they try to find warm places. So oh, really, wow. Yeah. Oh man, I can only imagine. Oh, but gosh, I think after I saw my workouts, I really I conquered my fear. I I want to say like I was never really scared of heights, but I was definitely nervous. I I was always nervous heights, but I think I became more fearless. I think it's, you, you just become more fearless. That's really, that's really what it is to where I think once you do something you're nervous about or you're scared about or you have like doubts about you, after you do it, you almost feel like a sense of like your accomplishment. Like I did it. I can, I can, I can do, I, I can do the next thing and I can do the next thing. I can really do anything now. And I think that's what really happened when I saw my roller coasters. Amen. That is, that, is, that is right on, man. So you know that when you met me, you, you got to hear about the story of Coaster Challenge, how I started this organization. And this organization yeah. is to do what you and I are doing every day with our Tourette's. We're trying to help people out there break their fears. We're trying to help yeah. them live a better life. And there's a lot of problems in the world today, especially the pandemic this past year has really shown how much fear is out there. And yeah. I feel like for all the hard work we're doing over here, we've only begun to scratch the surface. Right. The fact that you and I have a, a common disability that we've been facing every day and we're not letting Tourette's defeat us. We're not. Yeah. I can see it in you right now. I know we're on a Zoom chat and I know our listeners can't see your face and my face, but just looking at you, I can tell you're not letting Tourette's defeat you. No. I want to ask you, what advice... Can you give to somebody out there who is listening right now, who is looking to make a change and be able to face their demons that they are dealing with, or anyone out there who has Tourette's out there who is listening to this podcast? What advice um, can you give those that are probably your age, how you handle your Tourette's? I think I always look at the positive. I think you aren't, you can't look at things negatively. You can't look at the bad things. You, almost, you have to look at the positive subconscious. Keep moving forward. I think it's also important to remember you have people around you, whether it's your family, your friends, your teachers, your bosses, if you have a job. Like you have people around you who are willing to help you. And I think it's okay to let people help you help you. I think a lot of times people get kind of scared about I think try to just do everything by themselves. But I think it's okay that other people help you. It's okay to let other people help you fight your demons for you. Which and I think just keep pushing forward, you know, no matter how tough times get, no matter how rough times get, if you just keep thinking positive, if you keep doing what you love, if you keep, you know, pursuing your dreams or you, or, and you really kind of talk to people and open up to people, it becomes a lot easier. I've yes. been, yeah, I've been in, well, I've been in dark days before. I also have anxiety and OCD. So I've been in a very dark place before. I mean, there have been times I've just been breaking down, crying almost. I've almost couple like a, every couple of days, and I think, but I think it's I think you just have to kind of let other people in, and I think you let the people in, you let the people you trust in, and I think it becomes a lot easier. Yes, well said, well said, Tanner. And you know what? I think you're one of the bravest persons I've ever met. Always know the fact that you and I have some. You and I are in a very special club together yeah. that I want you to know that if you ever feel alone out there with your Tourette's, just know that I'm right here that you can reach out to anytime. Definitely. And 
like I said, it is a real honor to have you on here because it's a very rare thing that not many people, like you said, has. And I am just was so, you know, I thank God every day that you and I, I guess we were like, it was like some sort of synergy that you and I happened to be next to each other that night at King's Island at the Beast. Yeah. And you, your parents were hearing me share my story to some other people. And when they said that you had Tourette's, oh my gosh, I'll never forget that night. You and our, both our eyes lit up with joy. Like, wow. Yeah. Just the conversation you and I had, I remember your mom messaging me saying, wow, I haven't seen my son, you know, open his eyes so wide. And the the language you got, the, the conversation you were having, I mean, it was fantastic. And you know what, in a way you helped me to understand some things with Tourette's just like I believe I helped you as well. Yeah, definitely. And just to let listeners out there, you know, Tourette's is, it's a very serious thing. Um, it's something yeah. very unique and it's, it, there's no cure for it. And all we can do is, so because there's no cure, it's some, it's a battle that we have to fight additionally with every, what anybody else is dealing with. Yeah. But I'm glad to say that we're not alone out there. There's a lot of people out there. They're there to help. And, uh, and that's what this mission of this podcast is. We're to help people like Tanner, like myself, and help you be able to get to guide you, to help you understand what you have. And I hope anybody out there who has Tourette's that's listening, just know that you're not alone out there. Tanner and I are here. You'll be able to, Tanner's Instagram handle will be in the comments info bar down below in this podcast. You can reach out to him or me. And if you have questions on Tourette's, please feel free to ask us. In fact, yeah, speaking definitely. of social media, Tanner, is uh, is that where they can only find find you on social media? Um, yeah, I I I have a Snapchat, but I don't want to go on it. Instagram is really the only social media I really go on. So yeah, so you want to find me? That's what you. That's what it is. So if you guys have questions when it regards to Tourette's with Tanner, you can uh, his handle for Instagram is in the info bar of this podcast. You can always message him and ask him questions. Same thing with us. Yeah. And Tanner, I really want to thank you for coming on and and having the courage to talk about your Tourette's. I know sometimes this is not an easy thing to discuss because there's a lot of people that when you talk about Tourette's, a lot of people who don't have it, don't understand what you, what we go through. Yeah. So it's always good to be able to talk to somebody who has the same disability and can be able to share this. And I hope that you and I have made an impact in somebody's life out there. Who's listening to this. So, so do I. Well, thank you so much. And we'll, and thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun. Thank you, David. That was a really touching interview with Tanner. And thank you, Tanner, for being on and showing uh, everybody what it's like for having this. It's a, it's a interesting challenge that Tanner and I have dealt with. The bullying that him and I have both experienced from it is definitely extraordinary. It's just, uh, it's something that, it's not just us. There are quite a, there are thousands of people out there of all ages that have Tourette syndrome. And it's something that people don't quite understand. And I hope that in this episode, we have taught a lot of people some of the struggles that Tanner and I had dealt with and how we both have overcome and how roller coasters have really, have really changed that. And when I met him at Kings Island, like I said, it was a very moving moment. And I really, it was the first coaster enthusiast that I've met that had Tourette's. And I'm just glad that Tanner and I were able to help each other be able to learn more about our Tourette's. And he's also taught me some things as well. And I 
want to thank him personally for that and he's just a really good friend and uh, I hope someday to visit with him at a park again soon with his family and uh, yeah it was just a fantastic episode I hope all you guys liked it if you guys have any feedback uh, Justin how would they be able to find us on social media if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. And uh, make sure to send us your feedback and comments. And uh, make sure to give us a thumbs up and uh, give us a five-star rating on, on your favorite podcast network. And uh, If you we... haven't subscribed, subscribe. Yes, we really need your guys' subscriptions here. We really want to thank you guys for all the love and support. We've got a very exciting episode next week jenna i'm very excited about it yay i like it when we have exciting episodes <laughs> yeah i think uh next week's it's gonna be another very heartfelt story and just like with me and tanner so but until guys yep next friday brand new episode and until then this is david Cantu, jenna gazelle and we'll see you all next week right here on coaster challenge yeah.